0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio,
1: 6.30. It's Curry back into the offensive zone from Lucic in front. Cave, back hitter,
2: score! And Colby Cave's first goal as an oiler comes on the back end of Josh Curry's second assist. It's 3-1 for Edmonton. Well, a couple
1: of the lesser lights shining bright tonight for your Edmonton Oilers. Colby Cave gets his first in an Oilers uniform. He was claimed off waivers from Boston. And earlier this season, Josh Curry, his first two career NHL assists. And the Edmonton Oilers hang on to beat the Ottawa Senators 4-2. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It 8:28 Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, Rob, a lot to talk about in this game. Definitely... Bit of a sloppy one both ways. A lot of scoring chances both ways. The Oilers able to survive and get it done. But two players who we're sort of getting to know. I don't know how long they're going to be Edmonton Oilers if they're in the long term plans. But Cave and Curry coming through with good games tonight.
3: Well, they're they're making a case for themselves to be here long term. You know, both as we heard Jack and Bob talk, they're both on two way contracts, uh, but they're going to have an extended audition. Uh, they're getting something that. Uh, the an opportunity that they probably weren't going to get if the Oilers were in a different position right now in the in the playoff race, uh, with, with with injuries, with uh, a lack of production from certain players this year, they're getting their 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 chance. And when you get an opportunity, you got to be ready for it. And both players have been. Both players have brought spark, brought energy to the game. And tonight we saw a, a little flash of offensive flair. You know, I, these players aren't going to be. You know, playing in your top six and producing on a consistent basis. But the one thing that the Oilers have lacked all year long is third and fourth scoring. And tonight it was a great play. The first play, Curry got an assist on. He threw the puck into the right area, fifty-fifty puck. gave it gave Connor McDavid the chance to win a battle. He did. But the second one, uh, he he came. He followed the play up. He read the play, saw where the puck was going, and then very quickly puts an absolute pinpoint pass on the stick of Cave. And then Cave has nice hands to beat the goalie Anderson. Huge goal at that moment. So, this is if the season was just starting, they're probably not getting the opportunity in exhibition in September to start the year. But because the Oilers are where they are, they're getting that chance, and they're making the most of it.
1: All right, so the Oilers win 4-2 over the Senators. A couple of key moments in this game to talk about. That cave goal we played made it 3-1 Edmonton, a minute 46 into the third. borvietsky gets one back for Ottawa with 12.45 to go. Just over three minutes later, Colin White knocks down a puck in front with his stick and then bats it into the goal. Well, he didn't bat it. It was on the ice, and he slapped it into the goal, beating Koskinen. Ottawa celebrates a tie game. The referee immediately waves it off. Now, the rule for a high stick is different depending on what happens to the puck. If a player hits a puck out of the air and it goes directly into the goal, the cutoff line is the crossbar. If he bats a puck out of the air to himself or to a teammate, the cutoff line is the shoulder. So the referee made a split-second decision and said the puck was hit above White's shoulders. I think that was the wrong call. It looked pretty close, but I would have thought that maybe if the ref had a better angle, he would have let the play continue. So then... Once the ref in his head, and this is happening in -hmm. in two-tenths of a second, once the referee decides, okay, that's a high stick, then as soon as an Ottawa player, in this case White himself, touches the puck, the play is dead. For that reason, Ottawa doesn't get the benefit of a review because it wasn't a goal. In the ref's mind, the play is dead as soon as White touches the puck. Now
3: here's the question and so they can't even go to the linesman or the other ref and ask him at that point no, if it was because, because he as soon was as he said it it's a dead play and, yep. and so it was a mistake i believe as well by the ref now on that one it was close yeah it was very very close and when they first scored i said right away high stick cuz i thought oh, split second it looks like it's high stick after seeing the replay a number of times as we did i think that was the wrong call but again in in a game and a puck that's coming that fast and it's that close I can understand a referee missing it. And you could see the frustration on Ottawa's bench. Nothing's gone right for them this year. And again, I get a call that goes against them. But that one, I don't fault. The this that was We're talking inches going at full speed without the chance to do an instant replay or ask your partners about it. Yep. So it was the wrong call, but it was a call that uh, you understand could happen very, very easily.
1: All right, so the Oilers, we think, got a bit of a break there. So they continued to have a 3-2 lead. Chason takes a hooking penalty with 5.08 left.
3: Terrible call.
1: And then Ottawa's power play only lasted about 40 seconds because White takes a penalty for tripping cleft
3: Terrible call. Both calls were <laughs> absolutely horrible. Okay. I mean, uh, both both players looked flabbergasted when they got it. Chason was back-checking the whole way, did everything he's supposed to do. He, he used his body to get in front of the player and used his body to push the player away from the puck, got the puck, bad call. And then on the power play, White... He he gave a little tap on the shin pad of Oscar Klefbaum, and then Oscar Clefbaum just toe picked. Happens all the time. So two bad calls. So it ended up washing out each other. Uh just made things more interesting.
1: With a minute seven left, Zach Cassian scores into an empty net to seal the win. That made it four two Oilers. We're watching it at full speed and we said to ourselves well that might have been offside mm-hmm. and then no the replay we saw on sportsnet i don't know if anybody saw anything different they only showed a really high angle where i'm not going to sit here and say i could tell for sure but it certainly looked very very close
3: it, close enough that oh. as a coach the game is over if you don't if if it counts
1: right. so right so, because the you can challenge for offside if you got scored on 10 times in a game, you could challenge everyone for offside. It's not related to having a timeout. You get penalized for delay of game if you're wrong. Yep. So you're either down 4-2 and shorthanded.
3: Or you're down
1: 3-2. Or you're down 3-2 and might still have a chance.
3: Yeah, it's, I, I don't understand. Well, And it's funny because we, we watched the television feed because of the time delay with the radio and everything. So we're watching the television feed, and they show a close-up. They First they show that... And, and Louis was talking about it, says, okay, this looks offside. They show the bench, and Boucher, you can see him mouthing the words offside. Then they went to commercial, and then they come back, and the game's back on. They, okay, what happened there? How did they not? And Boucher never challenged, which to me is a huge, huge coaching blunder, because even if the guy downstairs that's in your video room says, it's close, I'm not positive, you still challenge. Well, we yeah, that time you, of the game. Yeah, you, there's, there's no reason not to. So that was a, a bad non-call by Boucher, and eventually it turned out to be the the, the nail in the coffin. So it wasn't a pretty game by the others. There were a plenty of mistakes, but it was certainly an important two points they got.
1: Yeah, I'm just checking some of the... Senators, reporters on uh, on Twitter to see if there's any comment from from Boucher. I haven't seen anything pop up. Yeah, I, I mean, unless the video guy said, "Oh, doesn't, wait," it
3: yeah. doesn't even matter because we saw the video and it was close. So as long as it's close, because we've seen a lot of times this over the last number of years we've worked together, where we said, "Okay." It's this, and then it turns out to be that. So you've you've got to you lose your timeout. Big deal. You're down two goals now. The game's over. So that was a I don't want to say dumb play, but that was a dumb non-call by Boucher.
1: Oilers win four two over the Senators. The Oilers outshot in this one pretty significantly, thirty seven twenty six. Miko Koskinen makes thirty five saves, and, and this was by no way. I, I I mean this wasn't a tight defensive effort by both teams. You, you saw a lot of sloppiness where you are reminded why these two teams are where they are in the standings but the Oilers get uh, get some depth scoring and McDavid uh, scored as well but Koskinen you know was solid and no bigger save than the shorthanded stop on Tierney in the last minute of the second period
3: well two, cuz he right. th- it's another uh, mistake by the Oilers and Bob really it, it really frustrated him as he talked about it a little bit there they gave up the breakaway which is bad but mistakes happen breakaway Tierney comes down and Koskinen makes a huge mistake and then just like we saw with Pittsburgh all the defenders that were coming back there was four Oilers come back they all get caught looking at the puck behind the net and Tierney makes a circle goes all the way to almost the boards comes back down the slot and gets the puck again and Koskinen has to make another another save so a uh, huge when he had to be today I think that Uh, He wanted to make amends. He was yanked out of the game last night in Toronto, so he wanted to come in and have a good game, and he did. And to me, uh, he was the difference in name. He was the Oilers' best player, and there have not been a lot of games this year where we can say that the Oilers' goaltender stole a game. And I don't think it was a complete... Steal today because I think the others did have enough chances themselves, but Koskinen made five or six big saves at big moments, and that's what you need to win hockey games.
1: 4-2, Edmonton wins it, Colby Cave with the game-winning goal. Back to Ottawa, here he is.
4: Felt it was coming one of these days, but uh, you know it's nice to contribute and obviously a winning,
5: uh, winning gamer. So this is a team that the playoffs are a ways away here, uh, but it's filled with guys like you who are trying to establish themselves as NHL players. What's your outlook for right now?
4: I'm just trying to help the team make the playoffs. You know, I think that's everyone's goal in here. Um, You know, right from the top of the lineup, the leaders right down to, uh, you know, guys like me. So, um, you know, I think we're all kind of banded together. We had a tough game last night. But, um, you know, I thought we did a great job, especially back-to-back. You know, it took a lot of courage for us to come out and play the way we did
5: you feel like a kinship relationship I mean, Curry gets a couple and, and a couple of apples and stuff you guys are all in the, kind of in the same boat yeah definitely
4: um, you know he's a great guy off the ice and I think we've been complimenting each other well and um, you know when you got a guy like Lucic on your wing it's uh, it's pretty easy to follow in his footsteps you know he sets a sets the energy level every shift and uh, you know it's a, he's a great leader what's it like playing with him you must have watched him play when you were a kid oh definitely um, you know the the hits I remember him him laying on guys and um, you know I think I think last game in Toronto, he just missed me and crunched a guy, and I, I felt it. So, um, you know, it's pretty special seeing a guy like that on your wing.
1: All right, that's Colby Cave. So, his second goal of the season, his first with the Oilers, Edmonton winning 4 2 in Ottawa. Leon Dreisettle got an assist on Cassian's empty net, or his 78th point of the season. So, he does indeed set a new career high as the Oilers go to 27 30 and 7. On the season. Not a great month of February for the Oilers, though they go 4-6-4. Alright, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, you can get us at 780-496-0063. We will go to Tony. Hey Tony, thanks for calling. Hey, how's it going, boys? Good.
0: Um, I have a question for uh, Rob there. So, I don't know if you were at the Oil Skills Competition, but you remember when uh, Darnell Nurse uh, went for that slap shot and hit I think it was about 102 miles an hour?
3: For, uh, okay, sorry, I wasn't at the skills competition. I'm sorry. Oh, you weren't.
0: Oh, but okay, he won well, harder
1: shot this year. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, you see Darnell Nurse on the first power play line, and there are a few times tonight where, you know, he could have really wired it, but yet he was passing off instead. I don't understand why, with a guy with that high velocity of a slap shot, he wouldn't, he wouldn't slap it. And if it injured somebody... That's your
3: fault for getting in the way of that shot. Well, the, most teams in the National Hockey League do an eye type of penalty kill in their own zone. So what they're doing is when the puck comes back to the high guy, they've got two guys in a shooting lane not allowing you to shoot. And, and if you are a defenseman, you cannot get your shot blocked. You can't because if it gets blocked, that could be a breakaway going the other way. So you got to make sure there's a lane or you don't shoot. I think Darnell Nurse uh, shoots more than Oscar Kleffbaum did in that position. I think he's got the confidence in himself that he doesn't always pass off. But when you see him passing off, 90% of the time means he doesn't have a shooting lane and he's making the right pass.
1: All right, Oilers win 4-2. If they could have got to 5 tonight, we would have turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. You will hear from Hitch. You will hear from Sam Gagne, who gets his third goal since coming back to the Oilers tonight. 4-2, a win over the Ottawa Senators. We'll get to more of your phone calls as well. Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line.
0: Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 6:30.
1: Not really indicative, especially on Anderson. Oh, here's a steal by Tierney. Short-handed breakaway. In over the blue line. wrist shot denied by Miko Koskinen. He tried to go glove side. Second chance. Blocker save. Koskinen on the rebound. Set up by Pajot. Saves of the game there for Miko Koskinen late in the second period, courtesy of Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffyloobeservice.ca. Koskinen, the winning goaltender tonight with 35 stops. Edmonton getting a 4-2 decision in Ottawa. Here's head coach Ken Hitchcock.
6: You know, it's nice to see. Nice to see Koski jump back up, play really well in goal. And uh, we got some big back checks in the third period. And for everything we went through from... uh, you know, the emotional uh, part of the Toronto loss to uh, not getting into the hotel till 3 in the morning, got to feel pretty proud of what we did. When you say, was that an important response from this team? We, we had no energy at the start, and uh, Connor gave us a big boost by his play. That helped a lot, and then Kay's line really got really got wheeling, and that was a good sign. But we started to get juice in the second period, but we were running on fumes at the start. When you have uh, some young guys like Kay and Curry, just up for the miners and trying to stake their claim. What's that do for your team? Well, I, I think it's more what it does for their careers. I mean, every day they're with us, they're proving that that they belong for a look. You know, and that's that's good. And and there's other guys down there the same thing that not it, it's not surviving up here. They're they're not surviving, they're helping us. And that's a really good sign. I mean, like to me, Cave's getting better. You can see daily improvement. Uh, the composure that uh, Curry has is really helping a lot. I mean, I don't know where we'd be without uh, uh, the addition of these couple of guys uh, to to help uh, augment what we've got going. Why do you play two young? with Well, because quite frankly, Luch is playing about as well as anybody right now. This is now five of the last six games um, that he's playing this well. He's skating well. He's managing the puck well. I, I think I think he gives them s- some stability, and they give him some moxie with the puck. And I think it's a good combination.
5: With young guys like that, can you afford to cheer for them, or do you have to just be?
6: You mean like, sorry, Curry and, and Cave and those guys? As, as a, as a coach, do you just coach, or can you cheer for them and say, you know? Oh, you want them to do well because they're such good people, you know. And I, I you always have a soft spot for our coach when you see what they've done in their careers. You know, they, they've they've come up through the coast, not 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 the American League, and you. You know, you're you're looking like a lot of guys helped them. They helped themselves, but a lot of guys helped them get this far. And you've got to be really happy for all their coaches that worked with them and how proud you are of what they've accomplished. But, man, they look like players right now.
1: All right, that is Hitch as the Edmonton Oilers beat the Ottawa Senators 4-2. Tonight, the third game of the Oilers' five-game road trip. They're 1-1-1 so far. They're going to be back at it in Columbus Saturday morning. We have a 9.30 face-off show, and the game will start at 11 here on 630 Ched. You can call us at 780-496-0063. You can text us at six thirty six thirty. Uh Mark says, Hey Rob, thought it was a pretty sloppy game for the Oilers. Not sure they would have beat anybody tonight except the Ottawa Senators. And we also have a text here from Margaret who says, Do you think Colby Cave can be a full-time
3: NHLer next season? Well, to answer the, fir- to answer the first question, I think that... Uh, it was a, an ugly game. I think that if the Oilers were playing a team with some depth up front, guys that could put the puck in the net, uh, it might have been a struggle. I mean, we saw last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs, when you give chances to good teams, they put the puck in the back of the net. And tonight there was three or four breakaways, a couple two-on-ones, a couple lost coverages in their own zone, and they, they didn't get it. The goal, the Ottawa Senators weren't able to put it in the back of the net. So, yes, I think the Oilers benefited tonight playing the Senators. As for Cave... I, I, I believe he has a legitimate shot to be a, a fourth-line centre here with maybe a potential to move up at times during the season. He, he's getting his opportunity. The, the, the thing that they brought Brodziak back this year to be a fourth-line centre. Um, this league is getting faster. I like Kyle. I think he's had a wonderful career. But as, as we all, when we got older, the foot speed wasn't what it was once was. And his foot speed was never blazing. So, I, at times, he's fallen out of favor with the coaching staff because of that. Cave brings speed, brings energy, brings a bit of grit to his game. He's going to push for a spot. And the thing that the Oilers have, they've got zero cap, sca- cap space. They need cheaper players. And Cave uh, is a cheaper hockey player that uh, is still looking for his opportunity to be in regular. And he's making every, every single shift he has count. Pushing for that chance to be a regular here with the Oilers.
1: Four two, the Oilers take it over the Senators tonight. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll go to Brian. Hey Brian.
2: Hi, it's Brian. Uh, Oilers fan living in Calgary. Uh, three quick questions. One is, what do you you know, just taking stock of the team? What do you think that Rob Ratty hasn't really gotten that shot with McDavid that he was getting in the preseason when he was scoring all those games? The second question is, do you guys hear anything from the Oilers camp, possibly talking to? the Taylor Hall camp for the pipe dream that we all have. And the third question is for Rob. We're all a big friend of yours going back to the Phantom Triple A Sabres in St. Albert. <laughs> wondering wondering if you're still keeping in touch with Alyssa Milano from time to time.
3: Oh my goodness. Uh, okay, uh, thanks. Uh, well I'll go backwards to forwards on your questions. Uh A thanks about uh the, the, the shout out about my Triple A Sabres days in St. Albert. I still hang out with a bunch of my buddies that I played hockey in St. Albert with. We still go for beers every Friday. Uh, do I hang, talk to Alyssa anymore? No. Uh, that one is gone by the wayward. Uh, I'm sh- not sure my wife would be happy with me making those phone <laughs> calls late at night. So no. Alyssa and I aren't talking. Uh, the other question. Paul's not. Uh, there's, I be- mean, the hall's the the defending heart trophy winner in the National Hockey League, and he still has another year on his contract. yeah, you technically so, you
1: can't talk you to can't him. you
3: can't talk right. to him and as for trade, you you can't get him in a trade because you're giving up a dry settle for hall more or less. I mean, it's gonna and I don't even know if dry, they would take dry settle for hall. Hall's the defending heart champion, so Hall's not coming back Fortunately,
1: he's hurt this year,
3: yeah, it's been a tough year for Hall and well, you see what the Jersey Devils are with an injured hall. They are yeah. a, a bad hockey club, and the first question was. Uh, how come Raddy never got more of a shot with McDavid? Simple.
1: Well, he got Ken, hurt early in the season Yeah, than he was but, on
3: that line. Well, yeah, that was with Todd McClellan. Simple. Ken, yeah. he, Ken Hitchcock does not have trust in Ty Raddy. That simple. That's fair. 4-2, the Oilers
1: win in Ottawa tonight. Well, here's a treat. Scott in Boston has finally sobered up from the Patriots <laughs> Super Bowl victory and is calling in three weeks later. Go ahead, Scott.
7: Yes, it's been fun. And the Bruins, I didn't call this out Bruins, but, jeez, they are on fire. They spanked Toronto tonight. I watched that whole game. So I didn't see a lot of this game tonight, but there's other angles I want to take. Now, Reed, as usual, grant me the 15 seconds at the end when it's time to go because i got a trivia question for Rob. I will give you one. Rob, I morning. believe I'm up 3-2 to two on you, bro. We'll give you one tonight, all right?
3: All right, I'm waiting.
7: All right, here we go. So a couple quick points. As for the shoulder, <clears throat> the, uh, the whistle, shoulder, puck thing, the same thing happened to the Bruins in San Jose two weeks ago. We all know... I mean, this is basic hockey. I'm talking to Canadians up here, not not idiots in Boston. But yeah, if the puck goes off your stick sticking in the net, it's going to be crossbar. If it goes off your stick sticking in play, it's going to be your shoulders. And what? I'm, tell me if this is the identical play. What happened in San Jose was it went off stick to the ice, which was way above his shoulders. They didn't call it. Now that's non-reviewable. If it goes in the net, it's reviewable for yes. obvious reasons. It's that's a incorrect. goal. Is that what happened Exactly tonight there Because I missed yes. it It's yep. unbelievable Same yeah. thing It just
3: it wasn't reviewable Because the ref He called it a high stick And blew the whistle So that means The play is dead And there's nothing The Ottawa Senators Could do about it Right
7: Oh the one that happened In San Jose With the Bruins It was, uh, it was so freaky This is what put them On their run, their run. They're on It was a, a Ridiculously Above his shoulders It went in play In front of the net And then another player Put it in the net So it's like uh, Goal But his Oh but then they go That's unreviewable It was a very freaky play They got lucky on that So I figured Edmonton had the same luck tonight. All right, moving on. How many points back is Edmonton right now from the eight seed? Do you Seven. know? Because I Seven. don't. Seven. Seven. That's it? That's oh, well, lots, I thought buddy. they were further out. That's No, lots. I'm not kidding.
3: They were nine coming into tonight's game. The wind gives them seven behind, and there's a late game tonight. Yeah, they'll be either seven or eight,
1: depending on the result of, uh, which one was it, of Dallas and L.A. That's scoring. Who am I
7: rooting for? I'm rooting for Edmonton, so who am I rooting for tonight? You're hoping for the L.A. Kings. Yeah, hope for L.A. and the Kings. Cool. Now, what is there? I'm going to guess 18 to 19 games left, give or take.
1: Uh, Where are we at now? 18 left.
7: Okay. They're going to have to go no worse, no worse than probably, eh, eh, 13-5. 13-5.
3: That that Maybe would be the better. very worst. Probably, but, yep. yep.
7: And, and they need help. So who's ahead of them? Who's the team that they need uh, to drop? Just
3: about everybody except for Anaheim. Well, everyone except for Anaheim and L.A. Yeah, everybody else is ahead of them.
7: Do they play either of those teams multiple times, more than once? They play
3: out? Anaheim and L.A.
1: once each. Uh, Vancouver's ahead of them. They still have a game against Vancouver. They're done with Chicago. They have one more against Arizona. They are done with Dallas. They have one more with Colorado.
7: Wow! So if they really get it, they're not out mathematically. Nope. Certainly not. They're well, not out, but
3: going into the going into the yeah, game tonight, shots. going into the game tonight, they had a point nine percent of making the playoffs.
7: Oh, I think they're better than that, and I hate to ask <laughs> million questions. So I got my hands full out here with my own team. I trust me, I'm the biggest Edmonton fan outside of Alberta. Believe me. All right, state. Scott, give us trivia, uh, buddy. Ah, oh, I had a couple more things. One more thing, real quick. Okay. Since well, I like you. One more thing. One more thing. <laughs> All right. Well, I think at this late in the season, they should be giving McDavid more ice time. Why not double shift him a little more often?
3: Get, well, get him out He up played. To, he played. Old, he knows. played 25 minutes tonight. That that is an awful lot of ice time, and that wow. isn't a game that they had in hand more or less from most parts okay. of this hockey game. Connor right, McDavid will not be shortchanged ice time for the remainder of the season. So,
7: Point taken. Well, I was hoping you were going to say over 22 minutes. 25 is all you can ask of a kid. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. All right. And here's the trivia, Rob. You ready? I'm ready. I, as I'm on hold, I try to scrape them up. I'm like, it can't be stupid and obscure, but it can't be goofy. All right. We're going to go back to the '87 Canada cup, Rob. Okay. Oh, I like that. Game three, best hockey ever. It was, I dare yes. Someone, best idea, someone to tell me otherwise. All three, for those who don't know... All three, it was the best of three versus Russia. Um, all three games ended 6-5. Yes. The first two in overtime, the yeah. last one. Yeah. We all right, know. The segue into my question. <laughs> yeah. Five to five with about 30, 20 seconds left, face off on their own end. Yeah. What comes down? We have a three-on-two. Gretzky has the puck. Yep. Lemieux driving the net. Yeah. And there was another guy. The yeah. puck ultimately it went uh, Gretzky, Lemieux went to the crossbar. Yeah. You know, to win 6-5. Yeah. Who the, was that third guy? Well, that no,
3: nobody's Gretz- passing Larry Murphy on that play. Uh, nobody's passing to Larry Murphy. Ah, uh,
7: Gretzky even said it. He goes. He goes. Larry Murphy was never getting that puck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Scott. No, Pleasure no, here three, for you. Let's go, Edmonton. Let's get, Let's go on a run and make it interesting.
1: That is Scott in Boston, checking in tonight.
3: I that was that a good that, question, but I, I knew that's it. an
1: easy one for anybody who was watching that.
3: Oh, I mean, maybe I, there's some really young people. Larry's open. Larry's open. Larry's open. It doesn't yeah, matter. He just skated <laughs> to the
1: far post and just made sure that it he didn't block Lemieux's shot. Yeah, he'd just get out of the way.
3: Just get out Another of the way.
1: Trivia, well, who was the other forward on the ice? Was it not Howard Chuck? Yes,
3: I think it was Howard Chuck. The and I took think the face off wasn't Howard Chuck the guy that hooked the defender? Oh, he did. you yeah. he took down the back check. Yes. yes, and I mean as blatant a hook as you could possibly do. Like right now, that'd be a five-minute major. That hook—it was so bad. Yeah.
1: Well, as Canadians, we're not perfect. (laughs) I mean, uh, Bobby Clark, whose ankle did he break? Um, Karlamov or something like
3: that. Yeah, Karlamov. Yeah. I mean, it was an accidental two-hand across. Did you ever see that? Actually, they did a really good movie about that. Uh, It was a made-for-TV movie about the 72 series, and they talked about it, and they showed Clark going out, and he was going to go break the guy's ankle and stuff, accidentally, of course.
1: Here's another one. I got a buddy that just texted me, Doug. Uh, Do you remember who the defenseman on the Lemieux goal was? The guy, the Russian that was actually back? I guess well, Soviet. They were wasn't the Soviet.
3: it Paul Coffey?
1: No, no. The, oh, the, the Soviet r- defenseman that was yeah, back. Yeah, Paul Coffey wasn't playing for the Soviets. He what? played
3: for the Oilers at one point in his career. Uh, who was the... Bo, Bo What was that guy's name? Was it, it was not the, Boris Miranov? No, it was his last name started with a B. Bilov. Igor Kravchuk. That's B-lov what I said. was 2 years ago. Oh yeah. He born in <laughs> well, the, he was a Russian that played for the Oilers. Igor, were, Igor I played Krafchuk. with was, it was it was Igor Kravchuk? I yes. played with. I played with Iggy. Played with him in Chicago. Uh, if we ever had time, I have a really good story about him and I in a press box in Detroit. Well, how long does it take? Oh, well, okay. It'll take about two minutes. So me, Igor, and Dave Christian, we're, we were healthy scratches. We knew we were going to be healthy scratches, so we went out in the afternoon for a couple drinks. And then we came, we sat in the Detroit press box. We were sitting in the top. In Detroit, old Joe Louis Arena, was, the press box went way back. So you weren't high. You were far away from the rink. So Igor Kravchak, while we are sitting there, had never thrown a paper airplane in his life. So me, Dave Christian, started showing them how to make paper airplanes. We're throwing them out of the press box, and they're flying down, and at first they're going about 10 feet, going straight down, hitting people in the head, and then they go a little further, and finally Igor made this one. It was unbelievable. went down. It was about to crash, and got a little air underneath it. went up in the air again. It went down again, got some more air, and it started coming right down to the glass by the rink. And it was about to hit the glass, and some air kind of pushed it up, goes up over the glass, comes onto the ice, and hits Eddie Belfour in the head. and we all jump, and like we're high-fiving and cheering, but it hit him in the head just as the Detroit Red Wings scored against us. So as Detroit scores, we all jump up in the air, and everyone in the press box, looking at the three Blackhawks scratches, cheering as the Detroit Red Wings scores. Eddie sees the paper airplane. He starts hammering it with his stick. He wasn't very happy. We never told that story, Dan. This is the first time we've talked about this story, and I hope Eddie doesn't find out, but it was Igor, if he wants to know
1: got a new caller eddie from manitoba (laughs) on line six no it isn't we will take a quick timeout for the nine o'clock news and weather gary and jt are next on the phone lines you're also going to hear from sam gagne who scored tonight and we're looking for someone to finish the play at 780-496-0063 oilers win 4-2 presented by osmond auction you're listening to canadian brew house overtime open line
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction.
1: This is the Canadian
0: Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers
2: Radio,
0: 630 Chat.
1: The Oilers score a 4-2 win in Ottawa tonight. Other action, the Coyotes lead the Canucks 4-1 in the third after the first, Florida leading Vegas 3-1. Halfway through the first period, Kings with a 1-0 lead on the Stars. The Islanders pound the Maple Leafs
3: 6-1 in Tavares return to Long Island. And Johnny T, he had a clean sheet, no goals, no assists, no points, no plus minus, but a lot of hurt feelings. For those, for those on the stat sheet? It was on the stat sheet. The the HF column? It was, yes, it's in the very, very back. They don't normally have those, but tonight they felt there may be some tears. He was treated poorly today in Long Island. The Bruins did not lose in regulation this month. They beat the Lightning
1: four-one. Blue Jackets get by the Flyers four-three in overtime. And as I mentioned right here on six thirty, Ched Edmonton four, Ottawa two. Your final seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Gary standing by. Go ahead, Gary.
2: Well, we should have that Scott guy move to Edmonton because he's a great supporter.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's he's funny. I like listening to him. He's still, no he's, he still he's he still is on just hold listening. I
2: comment on Connor McDavid. I was tracking him in reference to chances at the net either shots or passes and he had five
3: in I think we
1: ran Gary, into some technical difficulty. Just making sure that's not our headphones. Kellen double checked with Gary. He was just <laughs> he's just starting to make his point. He got cut off Alright, while we were waiting to reconnect with Gary we'll go to JT. Hey JT JT are you there?
0: Hey Jen, sorry about that. That's okay Hello? Thank oh. for taking my call, boys. I appreciate it. Uh, don't know who the other JP guy is because uh, this is Tobias Reader phoning in, and uh, let's just say, Reed, you are the left, and Rob, you are the right brain of the Big Dog Ken Hitchcock. Tell me, please, boys. Tell me what I need to hear because uh, this guy's driving me nuts.
3: What you need to hear about what? So we missed the very first part of that.
0: Tobias Reader, tell me what I need to hear. You're he- uh, I'm him, and you're Ken.
3: So what am I? What am so I going to say to?
0: What are we saying to Reader? What do you say in a reader?
1: <laughs> um, well, if it's me, I'm not mentioning the zero goals because he's heard <laughs> enough
3: about it. I'm probably t- telling them you better be doing all the other things right. You better be checking. You better be blocking shots. You better be good defensively. Uh, we can overlook the lack of offense. Uh, but there's something about him that they... The, the, I mean, tonight he gets almost 14 minutes. He's playing, more than, he's playing more than a Brad Malone. He's playing more than a Josh Curry, who had a really good game tonight. He's playing more than a Ty Ratty. So there's something about his game that the the coaching staff trusts that allows him, even though he's scoreless in 50 games, he's still getting the ice time ahead of other players.
1: Now, what do you wish Hitch would tell Reader, JT? Oh, boy, this is, you know, a comp- I'm just
0: not seeing it out there for him. You know, he's making some... Silly plays, you know. He's uh, he's not supporting the line as well as I think he, he could and should. But um, yeah, I just want to get your take. It's not just it's not tonight necessarily. It's just the collection of the last couple games. Like, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not really seeing give, seeing him give it or just do or contribute the way I think uh, you know, well, want him to. It just you know what I mean?
1: You know what, JT? He doesn't play on the interior. If I were to sum him up in four or five words, that's, that's how I would sum him up, Rob.
3: Yeah, he's a perimeter hockey player. And, and, and what you're seeing more and more in the National Hockey League, it's tough to score from the perimeter. And we've seen, I mean, there was uh, two or three games in a row that Reed and I talked about. He would get it, and he beat guys wide. And the defender would do a good job to keep him to the outside so he'd have to go behind the net. And when he went behind the net, he had a step on whoever was chasing him. Instead of coming around and immediately trying to stuff it, creating a scoring chance, creating a rebound, or beating the goaltender, he would keep going behind the net into the far corner and up the boards. So he took the puck out of a scoring area to a perimeter type of area, which is if you're defending... And the coach is telling you what to do. He's telling you keep him to the outside. So he's making it easier on the defenseman than he has to because he's got speed. He can get a half step. He might get pulled down. He might not score. But he's not taking the puck to the net. He's just been two perimeter. And uh, his goal to- total is showing you when you stay on the outside, you don't score in the National Hockey League.
1: No, JT, what did you expect from Reader coming into the season? Oh, that's
0: a fantastic question. To be honest. Um, just you know, getting more pucks to the net. Uh, you know, st- getting off the perimeter a little bit based on the kind of the system, the way that you, you think Ken uh, Hitchcock, you know, would want. Uh, I completely agree with you in terms of him being on the outside, but I, I think I expected just more, more interior play. And now that you uh, you mentioned it, it, it kind of makes a lot more sense.
1: JT, thanks for calling. <coughs> Cheers, guys. That is JT, and yeah, if and I also would think, Rob, I'm curious what you think about this. If you're an elite passer then yeah, sometimes maybe you, you're going to take the puck a little outside and, and look for a lane. Well, but I wouldn't put Reader in that category.
3: No, when, when when you're trying to make a play, you move away from guys. So you, you give yourself a little more time and space. We see Leon will do that a lot. But if you do it every time, then the defenders know to go after you. But with Leon, sometimes he'll drive the net. Sometimes he'll try to beat you to the inside. Sometimes he'll turn and, and go back towards the boards to create space between him and the defenseman to look for a play, but he's unpredictable. Right now, Tobias is very predictable. He's going to come down the, the wing with speed, and he, if he doesn't have the lane to the net, then he's going behind the net, and he's going all the way up the other side of the boards. So the defensemen, they know that because you, there's video and there's talk before games. Here's guys' tendencies. So the defenseman, he's coming down on the right defenseman as he goes behind the nets. There's a communication. Now the left defenseman's going to pick him up and take him up the boards on the other side. And the whole time he's kept himself away from a scoring area. And you can't do that. And Toby, he's not going to make the the cross ice passes that Leon Drysaddle or Connor McDavid or Ryan Nugent Hopkins are capable of. He's got to take the puck, to net. you got to read who you're playing with too. If you got, he's been playing with Chase on a lot because he, he and, and Leon was the center. Chase on is always in the same spot. He's in the blue paint. Yeah. So if you come around the net and you stuff it, you don't have to score, but when you stuff it, the rebound's coming out, and now you've got a battle where you want to have the battle. You want to fight in the blue paint for a puck, you don't want to fight uh, at the hash marks against the boards. You don't score from there.
1: Our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Okay, I think we've
2: reconnected with Gary. Gary, let's try this again, man. Go ahead. Yes, how are you guys doing, uh... We should have that Scott guy move to Edmonton because he's always got some positive uh, vibes in reference to the Euler team. But I was just tracking Connor McDavid on shots at the net and passes and setting up plays, and he had five in the first period, five in the second, and four in the third. Can you imagine if we had some actual uh, pure scores how effective he would be? Um, and I just wonder from you guys if uh, Connor has a, still a chance to uh, win the scoring championship. Or the other thing I wanted to comment is I think we found a couple of players in Cody Cave and Josh Curry. They they can skate, they read the play, and they've got the skill. And I think even if they were on our third or fourth lines, uh, they would improve our team.
1: Well, those guys had good games for sure. Connor McDavid is 17 points behind Nikita Kucherov in the scoring race. That is going to be tough to make up in 18 games.
3: Barring injury, I, I, I don't see that happening. As long as long If Kucherov stays healthy, he's, a, he's the best player on the best team in the National Hockey League. Uh, their power play is dynamic. He plays with another uh, player in Brayden Point who's having a fantastic year as well. Uh, if he were to just go below his average for the remainder of the season of a point a game, that means Connor McDavid's going to have to have two points a game minimum to catch him. So uh, I would never say never with Connor. We've seen him get on a roll. But as as the caller just pointed out, there's a number of times where Connor makes plays that aren't finished. And unless he's playing with Leon, the pucks don't seem to go in the back of the net with as much frequency as they need to. So... Uh, I won't say never with Connor, but I think the odds are against him. I think Kucherov will probably win the scoring title.
1: Steven, are you ready to finish the play, buddy? Yes, I am. (laughs) Okay, Steven, you have already got an eight-day parking pass at EIA, courtesy Jet Set Parking. The best price on Edmonton Airport Parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with promo code CHED. And if you're right, and we're going to really help you to be right, we'll put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting, brought to you by Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe Adrenaline Pumping Fun. Here we go. What's the clue? Over to Sekra, chased by Duclair, out to Benning, fake the slap shot, slide step to his right, wrist shot, deflected in front, in front, punched home by Sam Gagné. Senators couldn't find it. Steven, before joining the Oilers in a trade a couple of weeks ago, Sam Gagné was playing for what team? Was it the Toronto Marlies or the Lloydminster Border Kings? Um, Toronto Marlies? Absolutely. That is a okay. correct guess. <laughs> well,
0: I had, to, uh, I had to come up with the answer, uh, you know, fill in the blank. But, oh,
1: no, I'm not going to get that. Oh, no, you did you great, Stephen. Much. Hang on the okay, line, okay? You. Okay. All right, and let's go back to Ottawa, and here is the guy who got his third goal as an Oiler tonight
4: in seven games. It's Sam Gagne. That's just obviously coming off uh, a disappointing effort last night, as you guys mentioned, and a late night getting into Ottawa. What does this win mean in the future? Yeah,
5: yeah, it's a big win. Um, you know, I think uh, Miko played really well for us. Um, made some really big saves when it mattered. And uh, I think we just need to keep pushing forward here and keep holding ourselves to a high standard, and uh, hopefully I uh, gather some momentum. Uh, limited
4: ice time. For the first for you guys line, you guys responded in a big way with the big goal. What does that mean for you guys
5: individually? Yeah, I mean, uh, regardless, um, you know, of the way the game's going, you got to find ways to chip in. And- you know, I think uh, our line had some good talk on the bench and, and just tried to, to make sure we were ready. And um, we had a good shift there where we were grinding, uh, had some grind time. And the uh, Rats made a great play to me off of uh, Benny's shot. And we were able to get one in. It seemed like, aside from last night, this team had put together some pretty good efforts over the last 10 days ago. What's the outlook here now going forward? Just um, keep taking it game by game. I mean, um, you know, we, we still believe that we have an opportunity to get Back in this and uh, the only way you do that is uh, just keep getting wins so um, got another tough test coming up and got to find a way to uh, build some momentum and focus on that game uh, and see if we get a win.
1: Sam Gagné set up for Ty Raddy. That made it 2-1. Oilers late in the second period. Edmonton goes on to beat Ottawa 4-2. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. We'll get to Michael on the open line when we get back. 780-496-0063. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
0: Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian
1: Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. On Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. The Edmonton Oilers knock off the Ottawa Senators 4-2. Goal scorers McDavid, Gagne, Cave, and Cassian. Josh Curry gets two assists. Koskinen, 35 saves. Settle gets an assist. 78th point of the season. That's a new career high. We will quickly update the Advantage trailer rentals out-of-town scoreboard. Brad Richardson has four goals for the Coyotes. They lead the Canucks 5-2 with nine minutes left in the third. Panthers up 3-1 on the Golden Knights in the second period, late in the first. Kings up 2-1 on the Stars. Islanders pounded the Maple Leafs 6-1. Blue Jackets over the Flyers 4-3 in overtime. Bruins beat the Lightning 4-1. Lightning are still 11 wins ahead of the Bruins. I mean, the Bruins didn't lose a game in regulation this month, and they're still 11 wins behind the Lightning, who they who they beat tonight. <laughs>
3: Well, the Bruins are doing well. They they got a good team, and they're doing. They they've been on this run without arguably their best goal scorer, and 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 David Pasternak, who slipped walking to the team bus, and I think he broke his his thumb or, or something in that area, and he's been out for a while, and will be out for a while longer. The Bruins are good. They're deep, and still my favorite line in the National Hockey League, the line with Marchand and. Patrice Bergeron. They, to me, are the class of the National Hockey League when they're on their game. Jake
1: DeBrusque had a goal for Boston as they outshot the Lightning 41-21.
3: Well, actually, the lightning came on because at one point, I think the shots were 35-9 to 9 yeah. in favor of the Boston Bruins. Two games you want to watch tonight if you are an Oiler fan. Phoenix, which is up, or excuse me, Arizona, which is up 5-2. That'll put them one point out of a playoff spot. Rick Talkett will be coach of the year, in my mind, if they make the playoffs. And the other game is Dallas at L.A. Dallas. Is just sitting out the playoffs. If they win, that'll make the Oilers eight points out of a playoff spot. If they lose, the Oilers sit seven going into Saturday's game.
1: Okay, we have Michael online three. Michael, you're on with Reed and Rob.
7: Hey Rob, hey Reed. Um, just two comments. I understand the league wants to be fair, but I mean, um, McDavid's uh, suspension was uncalled for. Two years ago, when Crosby splashed. Out Ottawa guy, and he broke his finger. No suspension, no discipline, no nothing. So what is it, like, why Why are they, I, I don't understand. That's number one. Number two is trade deadline. Going back to 2006, where we picked up a couple of reta- uh, rental players, and we made the playoffs. So why didn't we do anything this, uh, this year?
3: Well, for a couple of reasons. The Oilers were a long ways out, for one. Two, the others have nothing really to give up. Three, they're not a very good hockey club, and you don't want to give up anything from your future. for a. Right now, the others have less than a 1% chance of making the playoffs, so you don't want to give up something of your future to have you not make the playoffs, lose the player in the, in the offseason, and lose whatever draft pick, whatever asset you gave up. As far as McDavid, it was a suspension. Now, you can go look at the other suspensions or should have been suspensions around the league, and there are a lot. We talked about it the other day that we felt Simmons from the Flyers should have been suspended more than two games. Having said that, two wrongs don't make a right. McDavid, that's a two-game suspension. We've seen other players get the exact same. Crosby should have been suspended a couple years ago. He wasn't. That's a mistake, but he can't make the same mistake again.
1: Yeah, in 2006, the Oilers traded a first-round draft pick for Dwayne Rolison. Mm Mm-hmm. They weren't going to trade their first-round draft pick this year. No, and... Because if it all goes south, and I mean, it still could. I mean, there's six last in the league. Let's yes. not act like they're all of a sudden doing well because they won a game tonight. So if you trade that first-round pick, and then you finish third last, and some other team gets that lottery
3: pick. Which could be Jack Hughes, which is yeah, supposed to be a game changer. not in a position to do that. No, so. and, and the, they're not going to trade for a goalie. A, you just signed a guy for $14 million, so you're not trading for another goaltender. Uh, no, the, the Oilers did what they needed to do. They did nothing. Um, the players they had, nobody wanted. It was not a, he wasn't a huge market for. No, and uh, they weren't going to give up assets to, for a hope. So, no, I think Keith Gretzky did the right thing. Well, he had two priorities. Trading Talbot. Mm -hmm. He did. And seeing if he could move Spooner. And he did. And, I mean, actually, Spooner has done something in Vancouver. He's got three assists in five games, I think it is, right now. And Gagne has done more than we ever would have imagined Spooner being able to do here. He's given some spark to the Edmonton Oilers. So right now, that's a wash.
1: Oilers beat the Senators 4-2. Connor McDavid scored his 33rd goal of the year
3: after a disappointing effort last night?
5: Yeah, obviously not the way we wanted to go last night, but, uh, you know, a good bounce back. You know, um, tonight we had uh, a bunch of travel trouble last night too. I don't think we got in until about 3.30, so a uh, you know, long night afterwards. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely the boys were a little tired, but, you
4: know, we, uh, we played well. When you see a guy like Colby Cave uh, muster offense recently, just not getting the results on the score sheet, what does that do in the locker room when you see number 12 get on the board?
5: He's been good for us. You know, he's been creating chances. He's, uh, you know, been solid defensively. Um, you know, obviously tonight putting the goal is, uh, is big for him, so, uh, you know, it's good, good for him. <laughs> Since you got a lift from your goal from this team right away, I'm not too sure, you know, the game was kind of flatlining at that point, you know, we came out with a lot of jump, they scored one, um, you know, and then the second they didn't give, give up much, um, you know, sometimes it just takes a little break and, you know, the, the, the offense starts coming from that, so, you know, it was a good play by Kerr just to get it to the net and you know, maybe a little bit of a lucky bounce.
1: That is Connor McDavid as the Edmonton Oilers beat the Ottawa Senators 4-2 this evening. You can always get more on 630Ched.com. The Oilers play game four of their five-game road trip on Saturday. It's an early one. It starts at 11. We'll have the face-off show starting at 9.30 in the morning. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Our Inside the Game analyst is Rob Brown. Oilers Hockey is presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Edmonton 4, Ottawa 2 is your final. The Oilers record for the season now 27-30 and 7. I'll we'll have Inside Sports from 6 to 8 tomorrow night. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2. Have a great evening. Thanks for tuning in.